1: Boat Trader is America's largest boating marketplace with over 100,000 boats to choose from. We offer simple, comprehensive solutions for those looking to sell, find, and finance new or used boats. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started.
2: You know, we definitely try and help the fishing guys out as much as possible because, you know, me being an avid fisherman and captain myself, like, I want these guys to win because our mission is to get more people on the water. Right. Point blank period. And there's nobody I trust more to do that than a fishing guide. Right. Mm -hmm. They know the water, like the back of their hands. You know, I expect them to, 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 you know, always joke. I'm like, if you can throw a cast net better than, you know, Mm -hmm. making a Facebook follower or a friend, that's your job, right? You become the expert in that, you know, let somebody else kind of do this part But it is is the the biggest thing because it's communication, you know? If you don't have like a a Google My Business account set up to where somebody goes and they're visiting a town and they Google local fishing guide and you want your charter to pop up because now they're going to be, they're going to either call you or look you up on social media, but now they're at least in the realm of knowing who you are, but that older guy who's you know sixty or seven, you know, however old that guy it is, you know, he probably doesn't have a shot to get that new customer. Hello, my name is Art Hill, and this is the Tom Roland podcast. Mm-hmm.
0: With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com.
3: Hey guys, welcome to the podcast today. Got a great podcast for you. We got Art Hill. He's with Rogue Marine Advisors. And Art has been somebody that I've gone to and asked a bunch of different questions over the years about digital marketing, about Things that I don't understand with uh, with how we're being marketed to um, uh, through our cell phones, through our websites, through everything else. And Art has a tremendous amount of experience. He's a he's a guy that really likes fishing, so I trust his his uh, advice and judgment. And wanted to get him on today um, to talk about just the future of digital marketing and how that applies to the outdoor space that we all love so much. Uh, and some of the things that he talks about are pretty surprising about how, um, you might be targeted in your, uh, email, in your, uh, social media. Um, when you visit websites, all of that stuff, he tells us how it all works and, and, uh, it's pretty interesting, but art has a, uh, a podcast. that's on the Waypoint Collective. It's called Maritime Moment. You can check that out. You can check him out at Rogue Marine Advisors. and uh, Just a cool dude. Um, also, we've got another little bit of news right now. Just uh, checking in on, on lots of different things. If you want to join the Inner Circle, that is the place where you can communicate with me directly. You can get um, it uh, updates on everything new, including new podcasts, new shows on Discovery Channel, new shows on Waypoint, new shows on YouTube. Any new, any new thing that we've got going on, that's the first place that I'm going to announce it. That number is 305-930-7346. Uh, text the word team. T-E-A-M, team, to that, and you will join the inner circle and start to get some updates. I won't hammer you with unnecessary things, but when something new comes out, I'll hit you with that, and uh, that is also the place where you can contact me and ask questions. If you like this podcast, I haven't asked for this in a long time, but if you do like this podcast, man, the way that you could thank us for doing the podcast or just be in support of the podcast is to go to iTunes and leave a rating and a review A review is really important. Uh, Just, just go on there, say which episode you think is your favorite or what you like about the show or whatever. And that really, really, really helps. Um, So that would be awesome. Apple, iTunes. We're also on every other platform that podcasts are on. including Spotify. And Spotify is, um, you know, we're starting to get more and more and more listenership over there ever since the Joe Rogan moment where Spotify bought Joe Rogan's show. His show is now available exclusively and only on Spotify. So a lot of people have moved their podcast listening uh, habit over there and away from some of the other platforms that they might've listened to him before. He's got the most uh, popular podcast in the world. So Uh, Where he goes, lots of people follow. So if you are one of those people, we are certainly on Spotify and you can find us over there and you can follow the show there. You can follow the show on iTunes or any other um, platform that you like. You can even see it on Samsung Plus TV, a live video version of this. So if that's... Uh, of your liking. You can go to the Waypoint TV channel. And just a shout out to Waypoint TV. Um, they have been a, a good friend of the podcast and um, have been in support of this podcast since the first episode. And uh, if you don't know about Waypoint TV, Waypoint TV is a great place to watch uh, hunting and fishing content any way you want to. You can watch it on the website, you can watch it digital, you can watch it uh, on apps, you can watch it on the plus channels like Samsung Plus TV, Tubi, uh, Zumo, Pluto. Um, There will either be a Waypoint channel or our content will be on Pluto Outdoors or Pluto Backcountry, I think is what it's called. So lots and lots of people are moving towards these type channels, Samsung plus being probably the most popular Pluto being the second most popular and waypoint content is over there, including this podcast. There is a morning block uh, of podcasts, just like talk shows and a late evening uh, block, which would be just like a talk show. And uh, instead of that, they have, they play some podcasts and this being one of them. So if you prefer to watch that way, do it. or also, the videos are on YouTube, or you can just go to tomrollandpodcast.com and you can see anything or listen to anything that we do there. Uh, if you have any questions, text that number, 305 930 7346. And here we go with a great show with Art Hill from Rogue Marine Advisors. All right, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm good, Tom. How are you? Man, Can't complain. I really can't. Nobody would listen anyway. Um, but yeah, things are, things are good. You know, we've been doing some shooting, doing some fishing. Um, it's been good. What have you been up to? I've
2: been trying, trying to launch space shuttles, you know, trying to keep, keep all these clients happy and, uh, really just really make a lot of content and try and tackle some, some clients, you know, it's, it's, it's busy.
3: Yeah. So, so you're, uh, let me tell me tell me how your business has grown over and what what you do.
2: So basically, you know, we help marine businesses navigate digital marketing, right? So we come in with a a strategic session, and we really analyze where they are as a marketing company, you know, where they are in their business, and then what their goals are. And from there, then we develop a plan of action, right? What content to make? Should we adopt a website? or should we go full born social media what does paid social media look like and then we come up with a plan of action to try and achieve those business goals from that so hmm. you know long story short you know we think and then we make a bunch of stuff yeah. <laughs> you know
3: <laughs> so like like one one of the things that you're talking about is like what what is referred to as content marketing right like you're making certain content for a company. Now that has taken a lot of twists and turns over the years. Like, you know, Yeti came out with, with their films and it looked like, I mean, that, that really changed the industry because everybody's like, Oh, okay. Whatever they're doing is really working well. So I need to do that. Where do you think, where do you think that is today?
2: Um, You know, I think it's in a little bit of of a weird spot because, you know, like you said, you either have those really high production budgets and the, Those higher quality film, you know, and a lot of companies that can afford it should be doing it. But, you know, a lot of them are still kind of stuck in the traditional mindset of, you know, okay, we're going to buy these print ads, or we're going to do these, we're going to sponsor these, you know, fishing tournaments. And they think of that as uh, the branding play, and where they're actually going to sell their stuff. And then they look at digital marketing as just a, it's sort of nice to have. Mm-hmm. So a lot of a lot of them almost kind of punt the content part, you know, to where they either hire their niece or they get someone that's uh, lesser lesser qualified that's not really in touch with their business, to kind of come in, come by every now and then, and kind of fulfill those needs. But you know, back to your point, the 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 companies that really understand that hey, this is communications, with your end consumer. And there's nothing more important than really doing that every day as much as possible and growing that relationship because that's going to pay dividends Mm long-term for your company.
3: Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's how you see it. Now, how is it, how is that, um, how does that discussion go with, I mean, I, I would imagine, I don't know, I try to keep my finger on the pulse of like digital marketing and things, but it changes very fast. And then, then I talk to a lot of people that just have no clue. I mean, if I say something like what you just said, they'd be like, what, you got to tell me yeah. again, <laughs> act like you're talking to a third grader. Like, so yeah. like the, the content creation, like if somebody hires you to do content creation, what, what does that look like? Is that photography and video? Is that, what what does that look like?
2: Yeah, I mean, video first and foremost, right? Because we can, from video, we can pull the audio out for a podcast or we can take little quotes and make that into a graphic. And as well as video just always outperforms on many different channels, right? So video, whether it's just, you know, in our offices like right now, or if it's out on the water, or if it's either shooting from a plane, documenting that day-to-day interaction, as well as some of the full production video commercial shoots is really, really important. So that's what it looks like for us. But what we've seen just from a a output standpoint and a reporting standpoint is in we've noticed a shift that the micro content, the smaller videos, the 15 seconds, the 30 seconds. So, you know, the two minute videos will do much better than the pillar content, right? Mm -hmm. The one hour show or the episode on, you know, Waypoint TV, right? Right. So all we've actually started to kind of reverse the saying like, hey, we're gonna buy, you know, companies are really understanding, okay, we need to do this really high polished video. We can put it on our website, we can share it with our partners, but the micro content around it, meaning the smaller videos that you will see on, on Instagram or Facebook or TikTok, those are just as important because there's going to be a lot more of those chances to actually be seen. And that's going to lead to the awareness for the big, the big podcast or the big episode or what what that is.
3: Right. I mean, that's certainly the way with the podcast. I wish we had more time because I'd, I'd love to, um, you know, break the podcast down into smaller pieces and put those out there more often because they generally do better. And, I mean, you're asking a lot from somebody to ask them to listen to an hour and a half long podcast, like a hundred percent. I mean, you're going to have your dedicated group of people that listen to listen to your, your show every week. But for the most part, you know, the majority of the people don't, don't have that kind of time. They may be interested in what you're doing, but they're, they just don't have the kind of time to devote to that um, unless it's a topic that really, really resonates with them. So I mean that's the idea. You're always trying to get the topic that resonates, but breaking it down into shorter pieces is is certainly good. Now, when you're talking about a a piece of content that does better than something else, how do you measure that? Because there's a lot of different ways to measure that.
2: There, there is definitely. Uh, that's a good point. I'm so glad you you asked that. So right. One of the the things that we do different is when we have those business goals, right? We understand and we kind of lay out what's important to us, right? To us as a business, and then to us as, you know, as that in financial result, right? So likes and shares are good kind of indicators, but they're not really stuff that we report on, right? The best way we measure it is actually the words that people are saying, right? So if they're saying something about our product, that can give us an insight to either change the creative that we're making to make something like that, or they give us, you know, if five or 15 people say the same thing, then we know we can go back to our product team and say, hey, you know, we need to take a second or third look at this issue because this needs to be solved or more importantly, hey, you know, if valhalla you know or if viking customers are keep saying hey we want to go fast at these tournaments it's a good idea to come out with a center console in the valhalla line so you know those indicators can be tremendous have a tremendous impact on your business and really that's what we like to measure you know of course you want to grow things like followers and comments and like and that engagement is critical in helping get that end result but you know, engagement is really, is really what we look for as a metric more so than likes and shares. Mm-hmm.
3: What do you think about, um, what, what's your opinion and how much do you utilize like paid Google ads and paid Facebook ads and
2: all of that? Right. So, and that's, that's a great point as well. So with the paid ads, I feel like a lot of industry, you know, people have kind of put that over as like, it's something's too complicated or maybe under or overpriced, but we actually use paid to actually build brand as well. So if we know that a, a really collection or a strong collection of our customers live in a certain city, we're going to run paid advertisement. That's brand that's talking about our podcast or our episode in, in a way that's r- relatable to them. Right. Mm-hmm. So say, kingfish for instance right we know people who fish for kingfish in alabama do it a lot differently than they do it in key west Mm -hmm. so with paid media we can target a two mile radius a 10 mile radius we can target those tournament fishermen who are hot net worth and then what we're going to do is we're going to put graphics videos and words we're actually going to use slang that resonates with them for so they can buy our service or they can kind of check out our our bait or come by our boat or whatever it is. Right. So that paid media portion of it is actually really impactful. And that's where we go to then measure the business. Right. So if we know, okay, Hey, we can go back to the company and say, we've grown sales in this region by X amount of percent, just from these paid executions. We can track sales right away because if we swipe up to a landing page and they can buy, that's instant, mm-hmm. you know? But a lot of these tackle shops and stuff like that who, you know, sell through distributors, they have to, they, they get that feedback a lot slower. So when we isolate regions like that, we can really go in and and show them saying, hey, Shimano, look at what we've, we've raised sales in, you know, Mobile, Alabama. Mm-hmm which was a traditionally a slower market for you. Now we not, you know, that's showing and measuring that result, but you can't, you can't control that in a, in an organic way. Right. So just posting on your newsfeed regularly, you have no control of where that ad is going or where that video is going, but with paid, we can target exactly who we Mm, want.
3: Interesting. You know? And so that's, that's definitely a a strategy that, that should be looked at for sure. Um, so one of the things that people always ask me a lot and I find myself asking too, is you're, you you say something about, I don't know, anything that you don't normally talk about and then you get on Instagram and damn, there it is. And you get, you know, you, you turn your, <laughs> you turn on the TV and there it is. Like, how does that work?
2: So, you know, a couple of things, you know, that's the the digital way of you know they essentially stalk you or retarget you right (laughs) yeah people don't realize that you know whether we're saying we're saying it via words that we search something two weeks ago you know we actually put that information into the internet so Mm -hmm. they track you with cookies and retargeting pixels and there's a lot of privacy issues that is kind of going on right now with facebook and and google and they're trying to to work through that but basically what it is is say if you searched um, let's stick with Shimano. If you searched for uh, a wax wing, now you go to another website and two weeks later, or even a day later, you see a little ad on the top right corner for mm-hmm. a, a wax wing or another lure that's a competitor to it. They, they've they targeted you as mm-hmm. that customer saying, hey, you're looking for this thing. Here it is. Do you want to buy it? Right? So there's a there's the little issue, you know, a little bit of tracking there, but for the boating companies, you know, when you say, when you go into a boat show and you see a boat that you like and you grab a brochure or something like that, you have no way of actually tracking that customer right. back. But right. if you, if you send them to a landing page and you see, they've spent a, a significant amount of time on that landing page, they've clicked four or five different things and you've either sent them an email address, now they're gonna hit you with the retargeting ad to then buy that boat for the next two months, three months, until you actually make that per- purchase because you've shown intent, right? That you actually care about your yeah. product.
3: Yeah, it's a qualified. I mean, you're we are far more qualified lead, right? But yep. So as it gets, you know, I, certainly I can I can follow it as you're as you go to a website and then then you come over to this other website and it's like okay with well this. IP address has already done this. So let's, mm-hmm. let's put these ads there. And that actually works. But, but then you have the things where you're just talking, like you didn't <laughs> search anything like, like, you know, you can do it. You can, you can try it at your house. You can, if you have dogs and you don't have cats and you start talking mm-hmm. about cat food a whole bunch of times, you're going to get an ad for cat food like, <laughs> and you don't search it. Right. You know what I mean? Like right, something's right. listening it's- to you. And and it's probably so, your phone, but you know there could it's, be other it's things. Most
2: likely, the it's you know, couple of things. You know, my wife really pushed back against uh, you know against us getting an Alexa. Yeah, I don't have for, one. For, yeah, see, there you go. It's just like, okay, you're literally letting Jeff Bezos into your house. Right. Like, It's, it's going to be, you know, coffee shops and taco ads everywhere, you know, <laughs> your fitness equipment for you. <laughs> they're they're going to be tracking you all over the place. Right. But, um, you know, I look at it, you know, initially going into it, I look at it as in like, okay, it's kind of like psychology, right? If you've been looking at a car and you know, you or say your friend just got a car. You didn't even search it. Your friend just got this one vehicle that you didn't really care about it. You know, the Hennessy Dodge Ram 700 horsepower thing, right? Now, the next week, you're going to notice seven of these things, right? Yeah. Yeah. They've always been around, but you haven't had that, your brain pattern hasn't been on it. So I think a lot of it, when, when we start talking about stuff, especially things like this, it's just psychology and kind of how humans work. Then we were like, wow, I wasn't thinking about, you know, doing, drinking that coffee shop in Orlando. But here's here's an ad for it. But right. nine times out of 10, they were running the ad anyway. Now it just hits your radar because you're you've been thinking about that recently. Yeah. So that's one one thing. Right. But then number two, you know, with Amazon and averse of, of voice and, you know, our Facebook Messenger, things have been they've been known to kind of do that. So I think there is some truth behind the matter and, and rightfully so, right. You know, I'm big into Kingfish, you know, I say, give me all the, you know, give me all the ads, you know, you get direct deposit down the street. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) you know, it's, it's, it's great for marketers, but you know, they're, they're having a lot of pushback from consumers saying, Hey, wait a minute, you know, At some point it's going to get too
3: much. That was going to be my next question. Like, where do you see this going? Like, is there going to be pushback? Is there going to be, or, or is it going to just get more and more sophisticated that maybe we don't even notice it anymore? I don't know.
2: I I think, you know, technology always wins, right? You know, I think that evolution is, is already happening. So it's just going to get more sophisticated, but they, we already are pushing back, right? So the, the thing that's going on right now with the iOS 14 update, they're calling it the Apple and um, Facebook war. You know, that type of thing is, came from the consumer saying like, look, you know, Apple is like, we don't want you tracking our customers outside of the Facebook app. So they went through and basically with this next update or with this update that they just released Now you have to opt in to let Facebook track you outside of the app, Hmm. you know. Because before, if you went and bought, you know, say something from Dick's Sporting Goods or or a tackle shop down the street, Facebook could really actually track that purchase outside of the app. Right. So they can have that information.
3: Will that that include the Facebook Pixel, like and and? So explain what the Facebook pixel is for people that might not know what that is.
2: So so Facebook pixel is just like a little snippet of code that's hidden in your website, right? And that basically allows us to track people who come in, see how long they've read what pages, and if they bought something from you, if they checked out in the car or not, right? It's really kind of tracking your your every move on somebody's website mm-hmm. and what it was. So with that, we can see purchases too. So I can target moms who buy Bath & Body Works, you know, within the last 30 days. From an advertiser standpoint, that's great because that's showing intent for somebody who's actually going to buy. But from a consumer standpoint, we're like, we don't want you knowing all all of our information. So that's where that Facebook pixel comes in. And with this latest update, they actually are restricting that to like a smaller window. So you, we can't track them for like 180 and 80 days. Yeah. We could, that window is a lot shorter now.
3: Really? And so you'll yeah. have that trackability for 90 days or whatever, and then it will just disappear or what?
2: Right. So that Facebook kind of wipes it clean. So you can't, you can't track that person as much. And there in some of the other features, they've actually gotten rid of totally a lot of the attribution. So, you know, I don't want to get too far into the details, but they've, they've really restricted a lot of the tracking capabilities that they had before in in consideration from the Apple's users.
3: Yeah, but I don't know if that even makes any difference. Like what you were talking about before is you were saying they're going to go, you're looking for a new pair, of, a new set of tires or whatever, and you're shopping around and you're looking, okay, this one is, you know, this is a similar tire, this costs about the same uh, there's better warranty on this one. There's whatever you're you're making your decision. Well, you're probably going to buy those tires within the next couple of months, probably within the next ninety days. So, mm-hmm. if you have that tracking window as a as a manufacturer or a, or a retailer, that's probably all you need. I mean, a really long window would be you're thinking about buying a a a forty two yellowfin, like exactly. that might be longer, exactly because. Yeah, there's some competition out there. You want to make sure it's the right boat, but then there's a 25 month back order. Like, so right. you're going to continue to looking and continue to do these things before you actually drop the deposit probably. Right. And right. that's a much longer purchase. I don't know. I guess, I guess if, It's not a much longer purchase for everybody. I'm just kind of thinking about a boat like that. That's like a dream boat that, that most, for Mm -hmm. most people, but a lot of people just have that kind of money. They just drop it like it's nothing. And, and you see it, you see it more and more today. Like, man, I just can't believe how good the economy is after, after being closed down for a year. Like, it's crazy. Isn't it crazy to you?
2: It's it's crazy. I mean, I was just at a boat show in Connecticut last weekend and, uh, you know, the boat sold before I got off of it. Like mm-hmm. we were there taking pictures, shooting video. And the guy came on. He's just like, oh, hey, Billy, how's it going? Haven't seen you in a long time. You know, here's my wife, blah, 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 blah. And he's just like, yeah. So so I, I like this boat. You know, can you tell me a little bit about it? His son was like, "Oh, you know, here's here's my dad. He can tell you, you know, if if you're really interested." He's like, well, "Yeah, I'm really interested. Let's sit down and talk." And he was like, "Wait, what? You know?" And he literally bought it within the next two minutes. <laughs> like, you know, really well well known guy. I you know, I don't know if I can even say what he does, but they've got a lot of money, yeah. you know. And um, that was just a toy, right? You know, right. it's just something for their Connecticut house and. Disposable income for one point two million. Right. Who cares? <laughs> you know, well, it's I mean, nothing mean, to them. It's relative. But it's, you know, I mean that. It's it is all relative. That could
3: be 100%. less. I mean, for some people, a one point two million dollar purchase could be less than a two hundred and fifty dollar purchase for for other people. It's, I mean, two hundred fifty dollars exactly. might be all you have, or that might be all you making in in a month. And for somebody else, exactly. they're making one and a half million dollars every thirty minutes.
2: You know, exactly. like,
3: I mean, there, yep. there are people out there that are making serious money. Um, but anyway, are. that's, uh, that's, it's kind of cool to, to think about the, the digital, the digital marketing. I think about it all the time because it's obviously getting more and more complicated, more and more sophisticated. And mm-hmm. you just kind of, as, as somebody that might sell something, you want to be on the cutting edge of what's happening. And mm-hmm. I feel like, like maybe we don't even know what the cutting edge is. Like the people that really know what the cutting edge is are Amazon and Apple and the people that are actually manufacturing these devices and things like that. Thinking about what, what are the, what is the potential here? Like, I don't know. And I guess that's why Facebook for, for a lot of people don't, you know, they're like, I don't understand why Facebook is, is, is so powerful and has so much money when I don't even know anybody that's on Facebook, but you know, people that are on Instagram, and then you, yep. then a lot of people don't realize about the Facebook pixel and how that, how much information that is, and how much information that they've gathered over all these years of having that Facebook pixel, and how that, you know, <laughs> that's worth something.
2: It's 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 the biggest conversation, right? And then that's where we, when we're working with yachting and the the MLSs, you know you know, I always am pushing. I'm like, look, the data is more important than, you know, getting a few likes and shares or even having people come to your boat. I'm like, their information is how you'll make money. That's why Facebook and Google are the biggest companies, because they have every purchase behavior. They have every user intent. They have everything from social security to, you know, what you're spending and where and where you live. Like they have everything. You
3: know, so, for and a we regular way, every day, yeah, <laughs> we do. I mean, if you read nineteen eighty four it was like this this George Orwell book about Big Brother that kind of forecasted all of this stuff, and everybody was like, "No way, you know, we're not going to let Big Brother know about anything that we're doing, but now we 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 voluntarily carry it around in our pocket, like like way more than that book ever even could possibly have have uh forecasted i mean your location your 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 wants your dreams your your goals your your everything everything like whatever you're scrolling on instagram is probably like kind of what you want to do right like if all it's you look biggest, at is fishing then they're like yeah this, we could probably sell this guy a boat right here
2: <laughs> and it's the biggest tale so even once so we take over a new client account and we go to your the, uh, the Explorer page on Instagram, we can tell who's been running it. Right. If you're, you know, if all you look at is girls in bikinis, like that's all that's going to be there. If all you look at, at boats, you know, that's all that's going to be on on mine. So, uh, and it's no different from your wife signing onto your, your desktop computer and being like, Oh, I'm logged in under your account because all I see is fishing videos. Right. right?" (laughs) So, you know, and that's why we push back with advertisers. We're like, look, men and women are different. Let's just start there, right? If you make $50,000 or you make one point five five million million every 30 minutes, like you said, your value is going gonna, is gonna to be different, you know? So the stuff that we do and put in front of you has to be different. So mm-hmm. when you really kind of synthesize that and you think of, okay, well, there's TikTok and there's Instagram. And there's Facebook and there's WeChat and there's LinkedIn, which is a monster, by the way, really highly push push everybody to go into LinkedIn right now. But um, there's a lot of content that needs to be made, number one. But then, two, like you said, how do you measure its efficiency? And that's where, you know, we kind of come in and say, okay, here's the industry standard. Here's how we what a win looks like for us. And then now let's let's keep the ball rolling Mm. because we want to dominate, not just play to play to keep the lights on.
3: (laughs) Yeah. One of the things that you haven't mentioned is email marketing. And I know that that's something Mm -hmm. that like, that's kind of how you got into this business. Uh, When you read your bio, you had, you had an opportunity to do an email uh, campaign and did really well with it and liked it and liked the space and kind of moved in this direction. But what's, what do you think the value of, of email is because like at, at times emails thought of as like, you know, like the old, the old way to do things. And then you hear, no, I mean, yeah, it's the old way to do things, but it's the most valuable of all of them. uh, According to some people, I'm kind of interested in what you, what your thoughts are.
2: So email, when, when you look at that kind of that, what they call the marketing funnel conversion funnel emails, power is actually once you've gotten them into your, into your, system, right? Mm -hmm. So once they become aware of you and they've become like either a customer or say they've liked you and kind of signed up for your email list, now the fortune is in the follow-up, right? Mm -hmm. You know, we've heard that term many times. So fortune is in the follow-up. So whether that's email or text messages or phone calls, telemarketing, that's where you can really kind of drill down and to go into for that repeat sale and that long-term, you know, relationship. That's where we've seen. Now, email have has, email's open rates have just gone down drastically, right? From 70, 80% open rates to, you know, 25% if you're a rock star, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so I look at emails kind of two ways. One is transactional, right? If I buy something, I need to have that transactional email series, right? So I need to see, okay, yes, the purchase has been shipped. Now, no, I can track it. Here's an email that, that said that it's completed and I know what to expect. That's really utility, right? So Mm -hmm. that's information and that's good. Bad email is when it's like spam, 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 you know, buy, 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 buy every single day. Then we tune that out, right? We don't even open our emails anymore, thus the low open rates. So what we've seen is actually when we have the emails, like we do a lot more branding in it to get them into a cadence of opening it up, and then when we have things that we sell, we either put it in a second or third slot of that email. Mm-hmm. But we really want that brand value, something that's valuable to them, which is why content matters, right? Right. You know, if you have that um, a welcome series of how to tie your knots, you know, that first three days of somebody that you've 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 acquired as a new lead. That's really valuable to them if you know they're a fisherman, right? Right. So that's building brand before you go in and ask for the sale or ask them to support your new product launch. So, you know, I still really love email. It's it's really, you know, really impactful and important. Down the down the funnel.
3: Mm. Yeah. It's interesting, like the the funnel idea, and you hear this a lot, but it becomes it becomes like, kind of like um general speaking terms for somebody like yourself that's in this business somebody like me that is a client of of somebody like you like uh, but the funnel the funnel is i mean not everybody kind of understands what it is but there's like a big catch at the top which is some sort of Mm -hmm. something i don't know for us it's like the tv show like that's that's obviously our yep. biggest thing and then then you take those people and you bring them in and then you work them down this funnel until there is some sort of a transaction where you you have built trust and you have you have brought them in as as part of your group and you're they're part of the family now and then then now here's all this other stuff you can do and all these other things that you can learn and then here's I don't know you can book book efficient trip or you can you can do whatever but that sales funnel that's uh that's something that is implemented in almost every digital business these days like but but some Mm -hmm. people don't quite get it right they got pieces and parts of it but it doesn't actually lead down to the to the sale or to the whatever the conversion is right is that where you help people to like to to exactly work on those different steps and, and maybe they're putting too much concentration on one and not enough on the other?
2: Exactly. So like I said, we start with the strategy first and in those strategy sessions, we actually map out that sales funnel. Here's that awareness place. So here's all the things that we're going to do on social, on podcasts, on YouTube. Here's all the places that we can get people's attention. Now they've become aware of us. When they're aware of us, they could come and follow us on social media or in an email campaign. Now that we have their information, then we can target them for a sale, like you mentioned. But after that, like we said, the fortune's in the follow-up. So we actually map up, how do you follow up? Do they get a text message? Do they get a email? How often do they get it? All these things have to be planned out and then tailored to that customer, so there's a lot of work that has to be done up front to actually get that full that full uh, view of the funnel. But after that, you know, just you know, I don't want to keep using that term because, like you said, a lot of people don't understand what that means. But say after you become a purchaser or you like that product, then you become a fan of it, right? You become mm-hmm. an advocate for it. So now you see. Okay, influencers that are saying like, "Hey, here's a testimonial for a product. I really like it." So now they're using their their network or friends or whatever you want to call it to tell people about your product. Thus, beginning the cycle back again. Now they're saying, "Okay, who are these guys?" They're going to Google you, check you out on social media, see what kind of social proof you have, and thus then they go into that 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 process of becoming more aware of you. And, right. and and a good friend.
3: Yeah. So, how, I mean, you know a lot about this and I would imagine that 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 a lot of it is being learned daily because everything seems to change really, really yep. fast in this in this world. But how do you, how does somebody kind of what what is the pathway to 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 be a professional digital marketer?
2: you know for i think it's different for everybody some kids come come straight out of school and do it other entrepreneurs that's all they know you know you see in a lot of t-shirt brands that that are just kind of come out of nowhere they've they bought a shopify site and they come up with a funny saying and then off off they go right mm-hmm. you know one of the one of the the people that we really kind of admire just from a from a consumer standpoint is the um, the billfish gear right those guys took their, their Instagram account and actually started creating a, a clothing line from it. And it was basically all geared for fishermen by fishermen. And all they did was focus on the sport fishing community. Now, every sport fishing team wants their merchandise, their team name to be made by the Build Fish gear, right? So the path to become a digital marketer, you know, can can happen many different ways. You know, and I think just like any other thing, right? A fishing guide, a pro athlete, there's levels to to mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And you know, once you get to a certain certain pinnacle, then you branch out into other things. But to your point, it changes every day, and you know that's what keeps us going because you know, as soon as we think, okay, this is the move, and we can deploy it to all our clients, then something changes, and it causes us to kind of go back. But We'll win a lot more by doing that versus sticking to one traditional thing, because the delta in between of moving with the customer there's a lot more upside than reporting or kind of doing what you've always done. You know, those companies have seen a a lot a lot stronger decline in clients and value and evaluation. You know, because Jimbo down the street always loved buying his boat from X, Y, Z, but he saw seven videos last week on his social media account. And that just now this new boat company just makes a lot more sense.
3: Hmm. Yeah.
2: You know, and, and then they call, you know, then we get the phone calls of like, you know, Oh, art, you know, you know, why, why did they book with that fishing guide? And he's not even that good. And I'm just like, and, he made a connection with them. Right. Well, you know, I'll tell like, you what, man,
3: that's a, that's a very interesting, uh, subject right there because i mean and i've talked about it a little bit before on the podcast but when when i first started guiding there was no social media there were no websites there was really i mean you would you could buy an ad in the back of florida sportsman or saltwater sportsman magazine or some something like that but other than that i mean you dealt with the hotels you um you know we're hoping you were on the the list at the fly shop and then your number one uh, resource for trips were other guides. And the only way that you got those trips were if you were out there all the time. And so yep. you were being rewarded for being on the water all the time. And even if you got a phone call, you didn't want to return that phone call too quickly because it would seem like you weren't busy. Right. So, yep. and people would wait, they would wait. And then the advent of cell phones came out and then people are starting to answer the phone on the water. And well, that changed a lot. And then websites and now social media. And, and, you know, like with, with young people that are, that are, um, asking about advice about being a fishing guide or, or, or making a living in the outdoors, man, it's, it's a funny time because it would seem that the more time that you spend on the water the better it would be. That's just all you need to do. Just get out there, learn the water, be the best fishing guides you can possibly be, but honestly, it's not enough anymore. I mean that that is not enough. And and you actually see a lot of these older guides that are so good, but they have done zero marketing over their entire career because they almost mm-hmm. took pride in doing zero marketing. Like, no, I don't have any, yeah, more, exactly. I, I don't have, I don't have any, I'm booked for life. Right. Yep. That's yep. what, that's what it seems like. These people are telling you, Hey, I'll fish with you for your whole career. But what you're not thinking about is that person could die. Right. Yep. Like they're getting older too. And so mm-hmm. you start fishing with that guy when he's, when he's 65 and he says, I'm going to fish with you forever. Right. Well, now he's 85 and he doesn't fish like he did when he was 65. And so that particular guide has done zero marketing all of the new people that are coming in don't know who he is and don't know why they should be fishing with him and they're fishing with the younger guides and the and social media people and everything like that but it's a it becomes a real strange situation that it's not enough to be really good at one thing whether that's being a fishing guide or hunting guide a, a personal trainer, a whatever, anything. Yep. You also have to be good at the digital marketing side, or partner with somebody like yourself that is good at it and can can show you what to do. And probably that's the way to go. Like, I mean, it's one thing to do it yourself. It's another thing to, uh, I mean, I don't know. It, like all the every business is different, you know. But 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 the fishing guide business it, it has become. Incredibly competitive, Um, and and the people that are good with the social media are getting more trips than the guys that are really good with the actual fishing, sometimes or a lot of times. And you know, so do you help people like that, like the the fishing guides? You got some fishing guide clients.
2: Yeah, yeah, we have some some guide clients. Not as many as you as you as when we first started out just because of, you know, time and allocation, but um, you know, we definitely try and help the fishing guys out as much as possible because, you know, me being an avid fisherman and captain myself, like, I want these guys to win because our mission is to get more people on the water, right? point blank period. And there's nobody I trust more to do that than a fishing guide, right? Mm-hmm. They know the water like the back of their hands, you know, I expect them, to, to, to you know, I always joke, I'm like, if you can throw a cast net better than, you know, mm. making a Facebook follower or a friend, that's your job, right? You become the expert in that, you know, let somebody else kind of do this part. But it is it is the the biggest thing because it's communication, you know? If you don't have like a a, a Google My Business account set up to where somebody goes and they're visiting a town and they Google Google, local fishing guide and you want your charter to pop up because now they're going to be, they're going to either call you or look you up on social media, but now they're at least in the realm of knowing who you are. But that older guide who's, you know, 60 or seven, you know, however old that guide is, you know, he probably doesn't have a shot to get that new customer. So
3: no, No, but what what he could do though is, is, find out who that person is that's really good at the at the other thing and either either just be like look man I need trips or I need right. somebody to run my social for me and right. um it would almost be better like look I'm the best fishing guide here I'm the best fishing guide mm-hmm. around I just mm-hmm. want trips and I'm not I'm not afraid to pay for them like like so right. I'll pay your 10% commission your 15% commission whatever but fill me up because I don't know how yeah. to get them anymore. Like I, I, I right. took twenty years off of marketing, and now, and a lot has changed. Like more has changed in the marketing space in the last twenty years than I don't know the the other time in history might be when the radio was created or when right. television was created, right? But mm-hmm. I mean, that is really the 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 monumental shift of like you used to i don't know i mean i guess the newspaper was a was a was the first big shift and then there was the then there was the radio and then there were magazines and then there was television but since the advent of television i don't think that we've seen any sort of monumental fundamental shift in the way people gather information for a purchase than the internet and social media i mean no. Dude, again, if you don't, if you're not part of that, then what would your, what would your suggestion be to somebody like that?
2: So, you know, that was, it's funny, back to building brand. One of the first ads I ran in Tampa Bay was, you know, five steps to becoming a, uh, or five steps to becoming a fishing charter guide. Him. Here's what you need to do. Right. And one of the things was, um, it was back you know, do that Google my business first, right? Mm-hmm. You Google is, is a monster because everybody searches there for information to buy, right? So go in and set it up. And what that does is you can actually, it'll help your um, your website come up faster because when people Google local fishing guide, that map on the top right corner is gonna show all the little local fishing guides in that area and you want your charter to be there. So that's number 1. Number 2, get a a either website or social media account immediately, right? Start posting daily if you can or just even pictures if if you have it, right? Video is the best, but just even a pictures of where you, where you caught bait, what you're catching, how how what challenges you faced that day. Start putting information out there cuz you need that awareness, you know of of you being that expert in your local area you know that's number number two and then number three use the network right when you're at the dock and you're you know that's kind of the 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 older way of, of kind of doing it shaking hands and getting well known well then what you start doing then you can kind of collaborate so once you see like hey do you have a a social media account oh you do great can we kind of partner and do some joint things together now they're going live on on your charter or vice versa now you're cross promoting each other's channels so it's it's kind of that old doc talk of like saying hey you know we're really booked up can you take my clients out tomorrow you can do that digitally now a lot faster through social media so networking import, in person is important to then network online as well so that's why I kind of really want to push the, the, the local captains to do that in whatever market you're in, because you need to get that awareness out there. And then you need to have people actually search your name or even know what to type into Google to even find you. So, um,
3: You know what yeah. I've always thought is like um, kind of a pet peeve is when a captain calls himself like Captain Ryan and mm-hmm. there's no last name. Like there's a lot of Captain Ryan's like, why wouldn't you use your name so that somebody could actually search it? And it's, I don't know. I see it happen all the time. And I'm like, Captain Ryan, who? Like, where are you? The other thing is, is like when you go to somebody's website, it doesn't say right at the top, like where they're located. So Mm -hmm. it's like tarpon fish in Florida, Okay, well, I'm planning a trip to this particular city. Like, is this my guy or not? Like, right? Like right. that seems really elementary, but <laughs> it does. It doesn't well,
2: happen. That and and that's that's you being in it, right? That even that thinking is still more advanced than where a lot of the the guys that come in, right? You know, one of the things I always say is like, put your phone number at the top of your website. Yeah. If your clientele is 50, you know, and he's got these big fingers, like you don't want him searching for your little phone number at the bottom of your website. Right. He wants to call you. He doesn't want to scroll through all your pictures. Chances are he already got the referral from a friend anyway. So he just needs to, to actually talk to you. Mm-hmm. So make that easy for him. Right. Right. You know, web design theory is, is, uh, called don't make, don't make me think, you know, treat somebody like the three-year-old and they're just kind of, you know, big text, big headline. Who you are, where you are, what makes you special, right? That's the key thing, right? Why should we hire you over the next fifty listings on Google, or the next, or the person that we've always, always fished with, right?
3: Yeah. Well, that that, in that in that vein later. too, like if you're going to go through all this effort and time and and focus to um, to build a website and write your own content and stuff like that. You know, how about get somebody to proofread it? Because, <laughs> I mean, that's a tell right there too. Like when when I used to, it used to be one of my biggest pet peeves people would put on their, on their website. And I don't know why it was a pet peeve because it was a, it was a big benefit uh, to me because it was my competition talking. But I always thought it was, it was really funny when somebody would say, I specialize in sight fishing, S-I-T-E fishing for the weary permit the w-e-a-r-y permit so i'm like you're going from place to place looking for tired fish like what what is that i don't know what that means like you're sight fishing like you're moving from one place to another like what is a sight fishing not s-i-g-h-t like you're looking with your eyes into the water i just always thought that was so funny but it's just it's like all it takes is is get your wife to pre- proofread it or your or your uncle or or the kid down the street, like somebody yep. that's in school, like to yep. pick that out in like one second, you know? But that always and they
2: and they want to do it, right? You know, like you know, even even my wife's, you know, or mother-in-law, they always is like do you need a proofreader? I'm like, we have a proofreader, we have copywriters and we pay them money, like you know, so that's that's definitely important. But I think to your overall point is like the pipes are changing every day and there's a lot of things that we can do with them. So what we fill it with is the most important part, right? Mm -hmm. Whether that's copy video, which words we choose, you know, those things are the difference maker, right? You know, the communication and what we, what we fill it, that creative that we put out there is really important.
3: Yeah. So, um, you, uh, what was your first job out of college? You, you were an athlete in college, right?
2: Yeah. 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 So I played track, track and, uh, football. So I was defensive tackle and football. And then I also actually got recruited from, I went to college for track. So in the football coach saw me lifting weights and was, was basically like, who are you and where'd you come from?
3: <laughs> Why are you not <laughs> on the field? <laughs>
2: Yeah. Yeah. So he was just like, Oh, you played for Jimmy Wallace. And, you know, he knew my high school head coach and called him. And basically I was just like, yeah, you know, I, I'd like to play football, but I've, you got to get that past my, my track coach. And basically he pitched it as a, your off season is our on season. So he got me was basically like, look, we're here to win championships and you might get one with track, but you're definitely going to get one with us.
3: What's cool. And cool?
2: Yeah, uh, Coastal Carolina University. Okay. Right. So um we won three conference championships. And you know, two I won two with football and one with track. Wow. So uh it was it was a good good decision. What to was play your track event? A Thrower. So I was I was really good at discus, all conference discus and hammer. Hammer throw as well, which the I didn't start throw. until I
3: do they even I have that anymore? College. You don't see that much anymore.
2: The hammer they throw. They still have they still have it at the collegiate level, definitely not in high school, but the collegiate level to then lead up to the Olympics, they, they still have it.
3: But why wouldn't, why wouldn't you also be a javelin thrower?
2: The javelins, that's a different muscle, man. The jab, you, that's more bait. What they actually do is recruit baseball pitchers to throw javelin, The, the arm speed and leg speed that's necessary for that is, is outstanding. Right. And, uh, that that thrower traditional strong big brute that's good at discus and shot put is not gonna throw a javelin
3: but you don't seem like the big strong brute you seem like more more (laughs) agile uh I mean I don't know what you were in college a lot of people that are college athletes uh when you stop lifting as much as as you were in college and stop eating the way that you were in college all of a sudden people shrink up I mean I don't know if you see some of these uh ex-NFL superheroes and you see them today and you're like whoa that guy looks like He's like less than a regular guy. like I think I might be bigger than that guy. Like they just yep. shrink, you know, because they're eating so much protein, and who knows what else they were doing when they were professional athletes, but they're lifting weights a lot, and then all mm-hmm. that stops and and really, you take a you take a an offensive lineman or something like that, and then later, they're like, you know six two one ninety five. And yep. they look very thin, one eighty-five, even maybe even one seventy-five, and they're thin. And uh, you were an offensive lineman, yeah, with another yep. two hundred pounds on you, you know. But it does yep. happen. So, what were what was your size in college?
2: So in college, I was six one two seventy-five.
3: What? With,
2: yeah, six one two seventy-five, and I I always say with abs, but I didn't have abs. bang,
3: you look like Francis Liganu. Really-
2: Right, I'm really, really fast, right? So now I'm six one, two fifty. You know, but the shape has changed a lot. So I don't have the big bustles and and all of that. And even in college, I got up to I want to say two ninety at one point. Wow! Just and like that's mostly master. for
3: football, or or does that translate it was, into the throwing it was, sports too?
2: It was football. As a matter of fact, our track coach was was very hard on us because for, for throwing, we had to be really agile and flexible. So they had us not do as much bench press as our football coaches and trainers wanted us to, and do a lot more Olympic lifts. So that's, that was, you know, my personal, you know, journey with that. But, you know, the joke for some of the the college athletes coming out of, of graduation was you're either going to gain 50 pounds or lose 50 pounds. (laughs) So, you know, that the nobody stays the same, you know. Right. Very very few stay the same. To your point, you know, it's hard to maintain that five thousand calorie a day diet and workout, you know, as your age gets up. Right. So you know, it's it's really tough to to, to maintain that. But um, you know, my wife definitely reminds me of you know, not what I used to. <laughs> <laughs> but,
3: but but still uh, at, at two fifty, man, you're still still got some size right yeah yeah, when you were when you were doing the uh when you were when you were 295 and olympic lifting with a coach on a daily basis with a five thousand or more calorie diet what kind of numbers are you hitting with your uh snatch and clean and jerk
2: i don't remember i remember we didn't what was my snatch and clean i remember the the deadlift was like 500 something. Yeah. So it wasn't a crazy number. My bench press was 375. Dang. And I want to say my, you know, for us, the speed was, was the thing, right, right? right? So I always wanted to break, you know, to be a 4940. I want to, <laughs> I wanted that so bad, but it was right at five flat and I couldn't really get there <laughs> for speed, but that was that was why I played defensive lineman, right? Uh-huh. You know, you have to you have to be fast and agile. So our footwork and hand speed was the most important thing. And that's how we were able to defeat the offensive linemen Was that we were just basically faster with our hands and our feet than they were, and we can just run around, run right. around them using a myriad of techniques. But uh, but yeah, those are those are the numbers that I remember. But it's been a long time, yeah, man. yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. So what do you do time. now to to stay in shape?
2: not enough, <laughs> not enough, not enough. Right. So, uh, you know, right, right now I, you know, it's, it's a lot of sitting at a computer and doing, doing a lot of this, but, um, that's why I do love fishing. Right. Cause that's when I do get the chance, you know, it's, it's full on full bore, you know, three day tournament, pre-fishing, you know, fishing, that's, that's my exercise. But other than that, you know, we go for walks with the, with the, um, Get around the block, walk the dogs, run if I can. You know, just trying to stay active in between working. Yeah. So that's that's yeah. That's well, it doesn't the, take it doesn't take
3: that much, man. It's really more consistency is more, more than For sure more than anything else. Like, you know, it's like the days when you don't think you have time. You know, to get in fifteen twenty minutes somewhere where where you weren't going to otherwise. But yeah cool yeah well that's that's cool man and so then then you you get out and your first job out of college is is kind of in the marketing space or what
2: yeah so my first job was actually the world's first rock and roll theme park it was called hard rock park and they actually came to my college to do a uh, to actually recruit interns to help them build this theme park in myrtle beach Mm. and they came to our um art class and which is like, look, we need graphic designers and stuff to apply to help us build out our marketing pieces, our, our HR manuals and all this stuff. And they basically came and saw my work. And then they saw that I did websites as well. And they're like, oh, you can actually code and do creative as well as, you know, do the, the graphics. And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah. So they actually went, they actually hired me as a, a paid intern versus an unpaid intern. And, we're basically off to the races from there. So it went from zero to 3000 people grand opening and, you know, we got to meet celebrities and all this other stuff. So it was, you know, really, really cool right out of college of being thrusted into the limelight, so to speak. Right. But, uh,
3: and and you were responsible for all their graphic design and artwork or, or was that already kind of created? And then you just kind of manipulate it the way that they want it.
2: Oh, both, both. So, Early on, it was really just created from scratch, but as part of the Hard Rock brand right. identity, they had their, their their brand, what they call attributes, right? And assets that they can use. But my job was to actually turn it into a theme park, right? To kind of use it as their, their theme park. So we, I worked with the creative team at the time to actually to develop all of that brand messaging and, and look and consistency for the marketing pieces, as well as a lot of the in-show and in-park creative. So restaurants had to be branded, roller coasters had to be branded, even things down to the sign that goes to the water fountain, right? Yeah. You know, those things were fun, like surprise and delight moments that all needed needed work. So, uh, oh,
3: that's cool, man. That's cool. Very,
2: very busy. <laughs> yeah.
3: And then what what makes you kind of move away from that?
2: So it was just the evolution, right? So with, with, um, Myrtle beach, it was a very tourist driven market and 2008 happened. And, you know, this really grandiose, big financial empire just went bankrupt overnight. So after that, you know, I went, I went to Wilmington and worked for a shop there and we did, um, uh, DreamWorks, um, iPad apps. So we did stories, story time books for the iPad and, we did, you know, Shrek, How to how to Train Your Dragons in 3D. We did the Penguins of Madagascar book, you know. And then from the, basically there, I went to a bunch of different agencies in Charlotte and started working on a myriad of different, you know, PGA golf tournaments, McDonald's, Disney on Ice, you know, a lot of different big corporate, wow. corporate uh, entities.
3: Got a so, lot of experience. Why is it, do you think that there are so many pancake houses in Myrtle Beach? you ever notice that did you notice that
2: and I'll give you the answer It's because the nightlife was all there that's all it was right oh
3: that's what it is golfers
2: the golfers would come in for the golf the family people would come in for the family and then the nightlife was just you know outside of Tampa Bay and Myrtle Beach had a lot of strip clubs Uh you know so that nightlife was was really important and ah. then, of course, people would just
3: stay up and go to breakfast. See, I, I see. <laughs> yeah. Now Now you can judge a, judge a city without having to see the nightlife. You can judge it by how many breakfast places there are. So I, exactly. I, pull, into, I pull into Myrtle Beach and I'm like, you know what? I love pancakes. <laughs> I kind of like this place. You know, that's all I see. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, man, look at this. You can get pancakes. There's one right across the street from another one and one just down <laughs> there and another one down there. I bet, I wonder who has the best pancakes here, but I didn't, I didn't make the connection between the nightlife and the, uh, and the pancake house numbers, but now it makes more sense.
2: Yep. yep. <laughs> well, yep. listen, man, yes, that's it. uh,
3: this has been awesome. I appreciate, uh, you fielding all the questions that I have about digital marketing because there's more every single day, but, um, yep. yeah. And, and what about your podcast? You, how's that going for you?
2: So that's that's going good. You know, we we have a uh, a partnership with uh, Mega Yacht Media, which is uh, Lisa Overing, and that partnership is is really good. But you know, it's hard to align our schedules to do the podcast and bring on guests. So we've only up to like seven or eight episodes. The last person we had was was Sly Navarro, mm. and that he's he's a man, right, from a fishing standpoint. But basically, it's maritime moment, and with that. You know, we really interview a lot of yachting and boating enthusiasts and really kind of give them an outlet to kind of engage with each other through the podcast, right? Because right when COVID hit, we didn't have a a way of communicating with the yachting industry because so many of them were overseas. So we actually created Maritime Moment as a way to keep in touch Mm -hmm. to our our business industry.
3: When you're talking to your customers, how important is is like a podcast for someone's strategy and in content.
2: I I tell them, you know, it's not for everybody, but if you have the the chops or if you have the bandwidth, you absolutely should do it. Because back to the Alexas of the world, that voice technology is only going to grow and people are busy and they can consume the podcast while they're working or doing something else. So they might not catch, be able to watch the video on YouTube, but they can listen to it. Right, They can listen to it in a podcast on Spotify or Stitcher or or whatever it is, you know. So that communication, again, is, helps with that overall awareness of who you are and what you're trying to accomplish. So yeah. I, I really try and push everybody into a podcast because that's another pillar episode that we can then chop content from it, quotes from it, video from it, and put it out as content.
3: Mm, cool. All right, man. That's cool, man. Well, I appreciate all your, uh, all your input and, um, you know, let everybody know how to, how to follow you and see what you're, what you're up to and maybe, uh, how engage with your company. I guess if, if they need some of the services that we talked about, which probably everybody does at some point. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, they can, they can find me at rogue Marine advisors on Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, you name it, you know, look for rogue Marine advisors. And then, um, as far as the podcast, maritime moment coming to waypoint tv very soon so go. uh yeah we're 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 happy to to help anyone
3: yeah man well that's awesome well we're happy to have you on waypoint that's going to be uh that's really good that podcast network is growing super fast over there and there's so many new shows coming on every day so it's it's really cool yep. um but anyway all right art good catching up with you man and we'll uh we'll talk to you we'll talk to you soon thanks tom I all appreciate right buddy it. Talk to you later. See ya.
2: Pursuing
1: wild game in wild places. Tuning to Hunt Stand presents Saturdays at 8:30 PM Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.